Thank you for downloading this New Zealand Sports Radio show. We have a new way that you can support us. There is a link in the notes down below where you can make a one-off donation to New Zealand Sports Radio. Thank you for support and uh, enjoy the show. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Good evening and welcome to another edition of Swinging from the Hip, episode number 24. And today on the show, we look at the 2020 Women's Series between England and West Indies, Australia, New Zealand. See how the IPL is going and who's on the top of the table, game of the week and individuals standing out. And the summer schedule for international cricket in New Zealand. We also have a bit of a sad moment as we look back at the career of Dean Jones. But uh, before we go f- too much further, let's um, welcome Taz has joined us. How are you doing, Taz? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Oh, as 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 we said in the, before, we started pretty pretty naked, <laughs> pretty naked, <laughs> and then rushing in this afternoon trying to get the stuff ready for the show. So um, it'll be interesting to see if I've got enough stuff ready, but we'll find out. No, now you've been having a sale for Taz cricket gear. Tell us a bit more about it. Yeah, we actually, I'm in Northern Hemisphere. Obviously, the season was interrupted. So uh, we got all the stuff sent over here and we just put it on clearance. So we've got some amazing deals like, you know, I mean, colored pads, for example, top of the range colored pads for $85 only. And, uh, you know, down from 220 and then uh, our top of the range bats are less than half the price. So uh, it ends on Sunday. So if yeah, anyone keen to buy some cricket gear, Love Four days, to... three days left, guys. Three days, three days left. Go in yeah. there and get some cricket gear <laughs> so at, at amazing prices. At amazing prices. <laughs> no, that's great. That's great. Um, anyway, we'll kick on with the show, and um, we're going into this week in history. And this week in history, twenty sixth of September, nineteen forty three, the world welcomes Chapelli. Ian Chapel is born in Adelaide. He went on to captain Australia, but I think most of us will know him from his work behind the microphone uh, for Channel 9's Wide World of Sports cricket coverage. 1995 in Sri Lanka beat Pakistan in Pakistan to record their first series win overseas. 2017. I was, I was yep. there for that game. You were, you're in the Not crowd. That game, but that series. I watched that series in Pakistan <laughs> on, on, on the park, one of them, yeah. It, it, that, that's an interesting times, isn't it, when, when the... Um, when those um, new new countries coming onto the test scene 
are beating you and you're sort of thinking, why does it have to be us? Why can't they beat somebody else for the first no, time? I think Sri Lanka, like that's where they picked up the momentum. So I think I remember mm-hmm. like they beat comfortably beat Pakistan in um, I think in both this and one day series, if I'm not wrong. And right. um, and then they went to the World Series in Australia and did well there. So it's kind of like I think they picked up momentum and Jay Surya was started to doing the pinch hitter role. So I remember yep. that series and there was a lot of uh, bad press. I think Ramiz Raja was captain. And yep. they, I think he lost his captaincy after that series, if I'm wrong. <laughs> so, hey, it's Pakistan. If you lose a series and you don't have a new captain, there's something wrong, isn't there? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in 2017, Ben Strokes gets in trouble with the constabulary and ultimately gets suspended by the ECB, which the big thing there was that he missed the Ashes series as well. Later on, he was actually cleared of anything that he did wrong. Uh, 27th of September, the only man to score 300 from New Zealand is born. 1981, Brendan Baz McCullum arrives into the world. 28th of September, 1996, Kenya learned all about international cricket and the first official one-day international in Kenya. Sri Lanka comfortably beat Kenya with almost 20 overs to spare. Murali got four for 18 and Ramesh Kalawitharana scored 89 of 100. In 1984, saw the first day-night match outside of Australia. It was played in New Delhi, and Kepler Vessels actually played some shots and went on to score his only ODI century. That was uh, Australia winning that game easily by 48 runs. Now, we've got to remember with Kepler Vessels, started with Australia, and then obviously with the reintroduction of South Africa, ended up playing for South Africa again. So it's quite astounding that it's the only century that he actually scored um, in ODI matches. 29th of September, 1983, and the Insomniacs all over the world celebrated as India's Ashurman Gaikwad scored the then slowest double century in Tess. It lasted 652 minutes or 426 balls. And here's a surprise for everybody. The Tess petered out into a draw. <laughs> 1995, Salim Alahi led Pakistan to a nine-wicket victory over Sri Lanka. And the first ODI played in, I'm going to get this right, Gujranwala. And now, not yet 19, Elahi scored an unbeated 102 on his debut, ODI debut. And he hadn't, hadn't even played a first-class match yet. And you know what? He scored, hit a six from 96 to 102. And then I think that's when the game finished. So he yep. was 102 and not out. <laughs> and the Pakistan <laughs> lost the next two games. <laughs> <laughs> It's an interesting series. Seklin Mushtaq made his international debut in the same series as well. So, wow. Yeah. So it's, uh, yeah, it's I was what, not, a few, few yeah, I was thinking 1995 when you said that. I was like, yeah, I suppose that'd be about Yeah, it would be about right. He's, he's been around for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sort of also thinking that he was, I mean, like there was he was the fourth person to score an ODI um, century on debut. Uh, there's probably a good chance he was the youngest as well. Yeah, I don't know if someone has done it since then. Like, I'm, I'm, there are heaps of guys, young guys coming through. But Elahi's got two older brothers. They both are test players as well. So that kind yeah. of helps when you're, you know, two older brothers are playing for Pakistan. <laughs> that helps. Bit of, bit of guidance on the field. Yeah. Bit of support. Um, I think, um, I don't think he would have been older, but I think um, Lou Vincent scored on against West Indies at Eden Park on debut. The, against Australia, if I'm not wrong. Or was it? Oh, okay. It was against Australia. Yeah, I, I, I scored against West Indies. 
Right. And uh, I think uh, that's in test match. Vincent scored a deb- 100 on debut, I think, if I'm not wrong. Right. So moving on to the 30th of September, and Murali's favourite umpire was born. 1952, Daryl Hare. Hare also went on to controversy with Pakistan with ball tampering, but also called Grant Flower from um, Zimbabwe for throwing as well. He was also at the other end for a couple of other highlights in Test cricket. That was Brian Lara scoring 385 and Courtney Walsh when he got his 500th wicket. So uh, he's been involved in quite a few uh, moments in cricket. <laughs> 1986 saw the birth of the man that holds the top three positions for runs scored in ODI matches for New Zealand. And we mentioned him not too not too long ago. Guppy, Martin Guptill was the man in 1986. And 1994 saw Mark Taylor bag an unfortunate milestone. Whilst in Pakistan, he became the first captain on debut to bag a pair, which um, would be, you know, when you're trying to set an example as the captain, and you're the opening batsman. Not a great way to start. No. But in saying that, he returned to Pakistan four years later and scored his 334. Now, the interesting thing about his 334 was that he had plenty of time to overtake Brian Lara's 375 or 385. Always get that wrong. Um, but he declared to give Australia the opportunity to win the game. So yeah, that was, it was uh, a shower, I think. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. It was. It's 1998. Yeah. It's funny, like, um, the groundsman got a lot of bad press based on that because they said it was, a, like, a flat deck. Uh, everyone sort of blamed the groundsman. So, Nick Sears was against Zimbabwe, and he he sort of made a sort of seeming track. And a spicy one. 10 wickets, and Pakistan said lost to Zimbabwe. So, <laughs> <laughs> so that's, yeah, that's uh, 1998 for you. You can't win. <laughs> Who wants to be a groundsman? First <laughs> of October in 1997, needing just two runs to win in Bulawayo, speaking of Zimbabwe, Chris Harris drove the ball past the bowler. Now, as the exuberant crowd rushed onto the field, so he's hit the drive, he's going for two to get the win, and the crowd's running onto the field. Now, while the crowd's running onto the field, John Rennie from Zimbabwe is running after the ball. And lucky for John Rennie, he beats them to the ball and fires the return and, and ran out Gavin Larson. And so it was the 13th tied um, ODI match at that stage. I don't know if, if there's been any other since. But, um, yeah, it was the 13th tied this match. Had the crowd reached the ball first, and it was a close-run thing, the ball it would have been four and New Zealand would have won the game. So... That's <laughs> you could you just picture it. It's sort of classic 1980 stuff when Benson and Hedges used to be played uh, World Series in Australia, and you had the crowd running onto the field when the crowd was allowed to. This is like seeing them all running around. It's like that's oh, the last ball. Get off the field. <laughs> so, and that was our today in history. So there we go. Moving on to the present and see what's happened this week. And the IPLs had some thrilling games. This week, and we will talk about all things IPL shortly. Um, also, talking of, talking of shortly, we will also go over Australia and how they dominated New Zealand in the T20 series. New Zealand did pick up a consolation victory in the final game, but the same can't be said for England West Indies, where England have been absolutely dominant in the T20 series against West Indies. Also, another one we'll cover shortly. Uh, New Zealand cricket have finally been able to uh, finalise and release the tour schedule for the upcoming summer. 
Um, it's actually quite a jam-packed um, schedule that they've got. And I think one of the interesting things, and we'll talk about this a bit more later, is the um, T20 series against Australia, where they play five T20s against Australia, while Australia is also in South Africa. So we'll, we'll go over that a little bit later. Um, and the man who changed the way the ODI game was played, Dean Jones, as I mentioned before, passes away. And we'll have a look at some of the stats for Dean Jones um, towards the end of the show. Cricket South Africa have cancelled their internal T20 competition, the Mazanzi Super League. They will replace it with a new franchise competition towards the end of the year. Now, they want to have some sort of competition because they plan to have, as I said, plan it for the players to be able to build to the T20 World Cup. Without any T20 competition, they're going to go in pretty green for that World Cup. Bangladesh, two-test tour of Sri Lanka has been postponed yet again. Both sides are struggling to come to an agreement on quarantine protocols for visitors. The tour has been has not been cancelled, and Bangladesh have asked Sri Lanka to reschedule the dates. The tour was supposed to start on the 23rd of October. And speaking of schedules, the BCCI president, Surav Ganguly, wants to do everything he can to host England in India. Now, that's to between January and March next year, or sometime between January and March next year. The problem they've got is that the state of COVID in India is rather fluid. Um, I, I think they're, they're currently um, behind America in the stats for the gold medal of the worst COVID country in the world. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a big ask for India to get everything right. In saying that, Yunguli is looking at creating bubbles uh, around the test venues in India, then they're looking at five test venues, um, very similar to what England have done this um, the English summer. And it seems to have worked quite well, so they'll look at that. The alternative option, if should it all fall through, is to play the matches in the UAE, just as the IPL matches are being played currently. So that's our news this week. And um, we'll now head into some of those matches and series that we've uh, just alluded to and uh, talk about how they've been going. So um, just going, bringing up, I'll just, actually, I haven't shared my screen yet, so I better, I have to share my screen. One moment, please, callers. This is how organized I have been today. Not, um, and share, there we go. We don't want Dean Jones yet. Dean, get off the page. Not your turn yet. There we go. So I don't know if you can read that, but this is just basically a summary of what's happened with the T20s so far with the uh, England woman against the West Indies woman. And what the scoreboard, what you're not going to see here is reality is that um, England has dominated the series. I, I think I'm going to jump to the the last game in the series, which was actually um, a rain-affected match where they only played five overs each. Um, and Again, really, West Indies just can't, haven't got a power game outside of um, Dotton and Stefania Taylor. And the rest of the players really struggle uh, to, to sort of come up with any runs. So you usually find when those top four batsmen are gone for West Indies, there's not a lot to follow. And therefore, it's pretty comfortable wins when you look at those results. The first um, T20 is 47 runs. Second one's 47 runs. Third one's sort of close, getting close, 20 runs, <laughs> getting close. Um, but then back to 44 runs. And in the final one, as you say, um, affected by rain and they win it. Interesting thing, Pakistan, um, West Indies, not Pakistan, West Indies, um, they scored their runs and they only lost three wickets. 
Um, and England actually lost truckload of wickets. Players only getting nine runs. I don't think there was a double-digit score. Actually, I'll bring up the scoreboard for that one. I'll click on the link. And by the power of the interweb, if I can get the scorecard. We'll see here. So here's, here's, here's um, West Indies scorecard. As you can see, um, three wickets. Um, Taylor and Dotton at the top scoring the majority of those runs. And uh, McLean actually coming in with 14 at the end there. But let's have a look at the English scorecard. Nobody in double digits. <laughs> but it didn't matter. Because obviously the there's... Um, well, they got trust in their, in their batting lineup, haven't they? They know that they bat deep. And as people can come out, interesting enough, two runouts though towards the end there. So um, they actually had three balls to spare in a five-over contest, which is, as a percentage, quite a large percentage, isn't it? So yeah, it's like they lost uh, a wicket every four balls. <laughs> just looking at that so. yeah. that's that's yeah that's that's action-packed cricket happening at its best so basically I, I think um for west indies they really need to look at developing the team beyond their star players in terms of um dotton and taylor are really um england we know one of the top teams in uh women's um cricket in general whether it's um you know red ball white ball cricket they're, they're, they're up there. So I suppose, you know, West Indies really, I suppose a little bit disappointing when you go back, not the previous World Cup, but the World Cup before it was held in the West Indies, you sort of think that's a great opportunity to grow the game. And they really haven't been able to achieve that by the looks of it. Yeah, I think it's, uh, there were a lot of issues with their management as well. Like at, at, I think at the West Indies, uh, the Caribbean cricket boards and all that stuff. If you remember, like right. they had issues with their seniors as well. So yep. I assume that that kind of filters down and uh, to the juniors, under-19s, and, and the women's uh, teams yep. as well, so, which is a shame, so plenty, hopefully. <laughs> plenty, to, plenty for them to look into anyway. So, um, And then, obviously, moving on from there, we had the um, woman, New Zealand woman playing uh, the Australian woman, and there were all the games being played at Allen Border Oval uh, up in Brisbane. Again, New Zealand, I mean... Yeah, they've gone on to win that third ODI, but when we look at, if we go just have a look at these scorecards, I'll bring them up. The, I think they're starting off okay. They're getting wickets at the top, but really, the unfortunately, the pressure's getting, uh, from what we can tell, the pressure's coming on and the New Zealand bowlers are sort of falling away and, and they're relying on the likes of Amelia Kerr to come in to, to shore things up, but if there's no pressure down the other end, it's easier for the Australian batswoman to basically see off Amelia Kerr, isn't it? It's just like you need pressure at both ends or at least to be a little bit tidy. Yeah, I mean, like, if you look at the scorecard and you can see that they almost scored 60 runs in last six overs, the last five wickets oh. in hand. So, obviously, they do bat D. And uh, the power power game is there, you know? Yeah. Um, like, um, 60 of, like, last five wickets scoring 60. Um, yeah, that's like ten and over. It's a pretty pretty good effort. They yeah, probably see off Amelia Kerr and then like you know maybe towards the end just you know have a bash. That's it. That's it. You see off the you see off the um the 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 um I want to say strike weapon I suppose you'd say um you see them see her off and then basically you target what's left. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, and then you go to the Australian. Uh, sorry, the New Zealand innings and um. I suppose what you're looking at there is you look at that top four, the strike rates are below 100. So they're not even scoring at run a ball, are they? And 
you're setting your team up for really. You, yeah, you're setting your team up for struggle. If I not think fail. Sophie Devine and, and Susie Bates both have the power game as well. So yep. it's kind of like, and, and Sophie has been playing, doing well in BBL as well. That's in Australia. So mm -hmm. I guess like it's more like uh, when players like her, kind of batters like her try to buy time, they know that they can do it at the back end, you know, and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. So um, I guess like that, you know, New Zealand were one down for, I don't know, 60 odd or whatever, but um that's where sort of like those two obviously one of them had to go on and big score big and unfortunately yep. both of them didn't and they That's as it. you said they've uh, between both of them they've played half the overs so yes. that pretty much sort of um, i mean not just half the overs but 12 overs you know <laughs> so um that's probably um 12 overs and that's they've scored 60 62 runs and that's they needed seven and over so i guess like Two main players, so one of them had to go on to hit um, sort of big to win win us the game, but unfortunately not this time. So you sort of think, and I'm, I'm hoping that they're having this. I'm guessing they're having this discussion on the field, and it's just like, well, hang on, one of us has to go, and one of us has to sort of be a bit of an anchor, even though it's a T20. You got to come up with some strategies around that because you yeah. got to have somebody going, don't you? You can't have. I, I'm struggling with the thing that one of them, or you know, they're both looking at their power games, going, we're going to go big. At the end of the innings, but I, I don't know. I think if is it, if you both end up going and you haven't gone, had your chance to go big, you're setting up your team to really, you know, battle at that. Into yeah, I think like your nucleus of the team is pretty much top, like top four. Maddie is like Maddie Green is relatively new, like in terms of yes. she's been up and down the order. But um, Susie Bates and Sophie Devine and Amy, I mean Su uh, Sophie Devine has been batting lower down the order as well. But all yes. your like your nucleus is right at the top. You know, yep, and uh, sort of uh, like Lauren Down batting quite low. She's an opening yep. batsman, so I, I don't know. I mean, maybe one of the seniors have to bat a little bit lower. You know, uh, one of the so either yep. Sophie or um, Bates, one of them bat a just bit to lower. mix that up a bit and to yeah, spread that experience that around. Yeah, yeah. So um, because I mean, if if you know those two are in the middle, so I guess like you know you would expect that us to win. But then when you they you know when they obviously both of them got out, it kind of didn't help. Mm -hmm. And then, I mean, we look at the second test, uh, sorry, second test, the second 320, and um, I, I suppose a, you'd say a slightly better performance, unfortunately, so uh, Divine, who is obviously the star of the team, going early. Um, runouts early are always, yeah, hard ones to take, um, but a slightly better performance, but again, still struggling with the acceleration at the back end of the innings, isn't it? Yeah, and and again, like you know, you don't know what's a good score. I mean, I haven't obviously it was wasn't live. I haven't watched it live, so I don't know what, what the pitch was like. But uh, looks like like you know the batters were taking time before they sort of uh, push on. It's like there's some tracks you cannot go like you know go from ball one, and you yep. just need to buy some time before you do that. You know, um, yep. so I I don't know if that's the case because there's no six hit by New Zealand team. So I assume good that point. I didn't pick uh, that up. Yeah, so um, so like, and then we be full size boundary. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, then we go to Australia and we see uh, Alyssa Healy strike at nearly two hundred um, at the top of the innings. Um, one when when you when your opening batter comes in there uh, and does that, then you basically you see you set up well, aren't you? Yeah, it's funny. Pressure goes off because, a bit. Um, both the opening bowlers went for uh, under seven. Right, 
and she opened the batting. So I don't know. She probably they they bowled one over spells, and then uh, they went after uh, Sophie Devine and Susie Bates. We got Susie Bates went for twenty two and one over. One over. So I guess that's, <laughs> yeah. that's the difference. You know? Actually, that that could be the whole thirty three. There is that one over. So yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> as unfortunately, I didn't see much of the games either, so um, I can't really comment on that regard. Um, but yeah, that's it. And then um, just going to the final game and. Um, I'll get there. There we go. And New Zealand um, pull one out. Uh, consolation win. Uh, but in saying that, a good consolation win. Um, restricting, this time restricting um, Australia to 123, uh, which was a good effort, really. And um, I, I think it was off the back of Amelia Kerr. And we'll just see down there, she bowled um, four overs for 18, picking up two wickets as well. So um, I, I, this time the pressure was being. I, was, I did see some highlights and heard some read some reports on it. This time New Zealand was able to build some pressure, which then Amelia Kerr was able to then um, leverage to sort of uh, put more pressure onto the Australian batsmen, where they couldn't just see her off. They had to keep scoring the runs, and it meant that she picked up some good key wickets as well. Yeah, and, and they, they, if they might be playing on the same pitch, and by the third game it probably got slower, you know. <laughs> And it is the same. probably well, tried to do the tried to do the same what she did in the previous game. I don't know because she's obviously played a lot slower in this game. Um, but I mean, slow bowlers probably did better. Yeah, it's it's one of the things that you know. I, I mean, I remember when IPL first started, and it was just like, oh, you don't want to play spinners because they're going to get smashed. But when we look at IPL these days, spin bowlers are a um, sort of key part of your attacking arsenal. Not yes, not yes, yeah. yeah? This is like you, everybody's going almost like wanting to make sure they've got really good spinners in there because they play a big part in IPL games. Uh, sorry, and in T20 games. It's funny you say that because 1975 first one day World Cup, like you know, in England, and that's where like I was reading, uh, I read a lot about it, and it was like even then they thought like spinners have no sort of you know. Um, spinners no don't place play game to, uh, to yep. the plate in that, that game, and but I mean you can see that the wonders are dominated by spinners as well. So yes, yeah, it, it's interesting. I mean, we we let's let's let go on that tangent. Um, ODIs. I mean, you just look at those looking for the spin bowlers to come in and tie the innings up in the middle of the innings. Were you just basically going for four or five and over because yeah. of the run rates are so high in one day as these days? Four or five, four or five and over in a one in an ODI is actually really economical as well. Yeah, <laughs> I mean Dan, Dan Vittori is a key one there. Back in the day, so that's um, that was the series. Um, Australia wrapping that up um, with uh, two 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 games to one. They now move on to the ODI series, which will be starting in a couple of days. Third of October um, is the first ODI. Um, obviously, as Kiwis. We're hoping that that last game um, helps New Zealand with a bit of momentum into the ODI format. Um, and um, particularly looking for Sophie Devine, who was um, effectively the player of the BBL, WBBL last year. Um, hopefully she comes right and and uh, with the long, longer format gets a chance to get her eye in and score some runs for the White Ferns. Cool. All right. Well, uh, so now we're going to move on to the IPL and uh, just have a look. Yeah, what's been happening there? Um, it, I, I actually think it's been quite dynamic the IPL this year. I mean, like the cl games have been quite close. I mean, if there's been drama happening 
through, I mean, two games this week and we'll come to them in a minute. But, you know, the, the games that are happening, they're close, they're tight. There's there's um, scores that you don't expect to get run over being run over, so to speak. Uh, to, scores that are low and you're expecting a team to easily get there and they didn't get there sort of thing. So lots of sort of, um, it's very dynamic and it's it's not predictable. Yeah, I mean, like, because they're playing on Sharjah and, like, three different grounds, and the thing is Sharjah is a smaller of the three. Mm -hmm. So when you say big scores, and yep. if you go through where they're playing, they're playing at Sharjah, you know? And then when you say, like, like, 160 is a par score in Abu Dhabi or Dubai, whereas at Sharjah, teams are scoring 200s, you know? Yep. So it's kind of, like, uh, it's good in a way that, like, uh, they're only playing on three grounds, and by the end of the IPL, people will probably figure out <laughs> how to go um i mean like with with psl and like you know i said <coughs> they started off with 140 and 50 games even in dubai and abu dhabi but yep. back end of the season like they end up scoring 180 or close to 200 those two grounds probably 200 is a very very good score and you won't see many 200s but someone like Sharjah, you will see 200s quite often and i think that's probably is happening well, we'll move to the table first, and then we're going to... I thought we'll go to the table, and then we'll have a look at... Where's the table? I've lost the table. I didn't get the table up. Oh, I'm shocking. Hang on. This is a, another fail. It's, but that's, that's the type of day it's been. One moment, please, callers. I think... Uh, they can... Uh, but I had it ready. Uh, the, uh, I think it's the Capitals are leading the table. Right. I'm just gonna. Oh come on! Where's it good? I did the search before and it came up with the page straight away, and now it's not coming up with the page. Great! <laughs> Here we go. Let's go to the table. Points table. There we go. We'll blow it up a bit so we can see it. And now I'll bring it on screen. With two of us. With two of us. There we go. <laughs> it's been a long day, people. It's been a long day. So there we are. You're right. The Delhi Capitals are there at the top of the table. Um, so interestingly enough, um, that I thought more games have been played. I think 13 games altogether. Or In terms of each, though, as well. Yeah. Was it? Mm, well, okay. It's sort of like it looks like all teams are on three games so far. Yes. Um, this is the IPL's official website, so I'm expecting that to be correct. Um, so basically looking at it, it's still pretty tight. Nobody's really showing up too much, really, is there? It's still early days. Like, you know, with, with, with three rounds, everyone has mm. won a game. Yep. And in past, I know, like, I don't know, a couple of teams didn't win the games until halfway through the season. So this is this is pretty good. And as you yep. said, like, it, it will be, it will because it's not played in India, because, you know, that's where you have the home and away sort of thing. So I think that sort of uh, strategy-wise, it will be different. And it's good yep. that everyone got a win under their belt within three rounds. So hopefully sort of it uh, sort of uh, next round, like, you know, halfway through it will be, the table will be similar. And then, uh, because I mean, like if a couple of teams take the lead halfway through, then it's difficult to sort of, you know, keep people interested, you know. <laughs> it, well, that's the interesting thing. So I think it was last week's show, we actually talked about the Mumbai Indians and, um, you know, how they've actually won a title when they were basically hadn't won a game for the, the, the beginning of the beginning rounds. They'd won one or two games and they were bottom of the table or towards the bottom of the table. 
and they were able to come out and as I say home um i think in that discussion we discussed where they ended up with a lot more home games towards the back end of the um competition and all of a sudden they ended up finishing towards the top end of the table made it to the finals and won the whole thing so yeah it'll be an interesting dynamic this time around where there are no home games so it's either it's an away game for everybody and it's a home game for everybody all at the same time yeah and you probably won't see many rain affected games either so <laughs> you know like, like you know you get like in subcontinent if it rains you kind of like it just rains you know it's heavy yep. enough that you just yep. the game is called off i don't know how many games in past but uh, I, would, I would doubt if there is any game rained off in this this ipl no that will be uh yes an interesting one if it is i mean like it obviously does rain uh does in rain, the uae yeah. but uh what what sort of rain do they get is it like a, a shower for an hour and or can it actually rain the whole I mean, day? Because Pakistan has been playing there for the last five, like good seven, eight years or maybe more. Um, there has been rain interruptions, but not, I can't recall that like maybe one or two games have been called off. Um, yep. Like in the last 10 years, if, from my memory, there would be more. I Obviously, I might have missed it. But definitely rain is not the issue in, in, in uh, like, you know, in Dubai or Abu Dhabi or Sharjah. So. Right. Well, yeah, so we've got, um, as I said, Delhi Capitals at the top. Um, nobody's going to be too concerned at being at the bottom, is it? Everybody's had a win. There's only, it's a log jam at the top. There's only two points in it. So, again, very early days in terms of the competition. And um, so we'll move on to the, and I think I've got this right now. So the most runs, and uh, KL Rahul with a, a fantastic 132 the other day is sitting at the top of the table. and. Um, Looking pretty good, but um, some pretty, pretty big, good scores uh, happening. Obviously, as you say, if they're playing in Sharjah, the Sharjah you said mentioned, I think it was in the postage yeah. stamp. There, you're going to get the big scores happening there. Um, so miss it can go for six quite easily. Yeah, what I liked about this this uh, table here is like out of top six, four are like Indian players. Mm, locals, yeah, and well, locals. Uh, like you know, sort of, um, and obviously. Um, that's 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 why probably India has been doing well so so well with the bat. Uh, whereas yep. like in PSL, like you know, generally they had overseas players sort of you know taking the bulk of it. Yeah. And uh, India's got like in IPL, most of the teams got good top order Indian batsmen and finishers as well. Yeah. Whereas in comparison to PSL, like Pakistan didn't have that many finishers who are Pakistanis, so they had to overseas players were generally like finishers. So I think this is this is this is a good sign for Indian cricket as well. And, and, and uh, Rohit, also, Sharma, Rohit Sharma sitting at eleven, I'm, I doubt he will stay there. You know, <laughs> but the yeah, I'll, I'll probably be up there. I was just going to allude to that. As the fact is that when you look at the Indian names at the top of the order, they are names that we know, but yeah. they're not the big stars of the um, international Indian team, right? Is it? I mean, you know, the, the guys that are there are thereabouts and putting pressure on and the like. Um, they have been involved in the games. I mean, obviously KL. Rahul is uh, um, in the team, but um, yeah, it's it's great for their development and they're bringing players through. It's working really well for and them. The strike them rates, like stronger. strike rates are amazing. 156, 170, and Sanju Samson like 200. You know, 200. So, yeah, um, yeah. It's 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 a good sign, and uh, amount of sixes been hit. I think most of them are hit at Charger. <laughs> <laughs> it's a shame. I don't know if, whether we can actually get that. We'll see, I'll see if I can bring that up a bit later, but. Um, by ground, but um, yeah, and, and you know, when we look at Saju Samson, Samson, and it's like, um, as you say, a strike rate of 200, 
but it's not like it's been he's played one game and he get one innings. It's like over three innings and he's maintaining a strike rate of 200. So that's a pretty good effort. He had 16 sixes in three games. That's a loss. <laughs> Has he had game, all his yeah. games at Sharjah? <laughs> yeah. He probably played two games at Sharjah. <laughs> now, I mean, and you look at um, down the order, Ishan Kishan, who had a fantastic innings the other night. Um, and, you know, you sort of think, oh, he's on the table. He's only played one game. Yeah. Missed out, <laughs> just missed out on his 100 by a meter or so. Again, like nine sixes in one that that one inning, so um, that's, that's amazing. Yeah, <laughs> he's been, he's been using he's always dropping the he's using a Taz bat even if he's not. <laughs> <laughs> so we, so he said um, the internationals obviously. I mean, Ab De Villiers. I mean, how can this guy retire from international cricket? He's got a you know he, it, it's it's disappointing. I mean. It's sort of disappointing because I I love watching him play. I think he's a he's he's such an exciting player to watch. So it's sort of it'd be great for him to be, make himself available for the South Africa for South Africa at the T20 World Cup, wouldn't it? Yeah, I mean it's just like uh, from from cricket's profile like point of view, like you know people would watch him if he's playing. Like you know people more people would watch cricket if he's playing. Yeah, and um, I, I think like last World Cup, close to it, he made the 50 over World Cup. He made himself available, but was too late. So I'm yes. not too sure what's happening with South African cricket because when while he was captain, he struggled with the man mm. or whatever the coda system is or the management and stuff. Yeah, and then yeah. Um, you know, uh, Faf Duplessis uh, took over, and then uh, so I don't know what what's going on, but I hope he plays. Because yes. that just makes the World Cup a lot, like obviously a bigger event, you know, someone like it's him a, playing there. So, well, you just want the best of the best people, you know, at that World at a World Cup, don't you? That's it's, true. Yeah, that's what you want to see. And it's like he, even in retirement, he's still well. He's 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 not. I mean, he's in retirement, but he's more than he shouldn't be in retirement. Yeah, I mean, from international cricket, he's still playing the leagues around. He played in PSL. Yep. He's playing here, so. As you say, I think it's a more an issue of uh, um, having struggles with governance within yes. South African cricket, unfortunately. Right, so we'll move on to the most wickets. So we'll just easy click there and we'll bring that up. And um, now here's an interesting one, really. I mean, obviously early days, but uh, Rabada at the top of the list. I suppose at the moment we don't really talk about bowlers. That's why maybe that's a surprise. We've just been with the scores that have been happening. We've been talking about batsmen. Yeah, I think if you remember, like last week when we were discussing, last time when we were discussing IPL, and I did bring it up that, like, even at PSL, because I don't know how many games of PSL played at Sharjah, but they definitely played at Dubai and Abu Dhabi. And the fastballers, for some reason, actually kind of won you the games. And if you look right. at here in top, like, say, top six, so I think apart from uh, Chahal, like, rest of them are fastballers, you know? Fastballers. Um, so uh, from my memory, like, um, and even in PSL, the fast bowlers were who actually won you the games and dominated. Mm -hmm. So I guess like, you know, start of the season, but it's good to see, um, obviously, a few fast bowlers up there. Hey, when, when, we're not supposed to say that. We were just talking about how spinners are integral parts of um, all forms of cricket now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's probably back end of the season, back end, back end of the season when the pitch gets slower. So. But tired. Yeah, um, and it's always great to see the sergeant at arms, Sheldon Cottrell there, picking up wickets. So that means we can see him uh, doing a salute. <laughs> um, interesting enough, um, you know, with, with the the um, impact 
that um, someone like Rashid Khan's been making globally. As you say, it also highlights again um, the fact that the fast bowlers are obviously having the impact really in terms of bowling side of things early early days um, and possibly the spinners will have to come into it a bit later. So we've just looked at the most wickets. We'll just bring up uh, the economy rates because at the end of the day, if we can get your economy rate going, then uh, you, you're going to hold the bat, the batting team down, totals down. And uh, when it's we look at Akshar, <laughs> yeah, there's, there's, top, uh, top there we go. Spinners. There's yeah. <laughs> top three all spinners. Uh, uh, top four. Actually, oh, top four. Sorry, sorry. yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I keep making the same mistake. I, I, I keep missing out the highlighted one at the top. There's <laughs> the top four are all spinners. Um, and we look, we look at those um, economy rates. Three matches. Um, they haven't bowled their full quota of overs. Now, that's really interesting to me because yeah. their economy rate's so low, but they haven't played, bowled their full quota of overs. Yeah, it's weird. What do you think's going on there? I have no idea. Probably the game finished early or I don't know. <laughs> The only one that out of the spinners is actually um, Rashid Khan. He's um, bowled his twelve overs out of the three matches, and you can see why at five point eight three runs and over. But if you look at the strike rate, so like you know Washington Sundar like strike rate of forty two. So I guess like uh, this is probably how they're using him as more of a container. Container for yep. strike strike. They probably are using like fastballer to to get yep. your wickets. Um, maybe well, that's got... the only reason they didn't finish the quota. Well, well, that's the interesting thing. You're right there because, I mean, you've got uh, Rabada, who's also with Delhi Capitals, and you look at Akshar Patel, uh, both at Delhi Capitals. If you've got Rabada picking up all those wickets or um, you've just come in there and do your containing role to put more pressure on at the back end of the innings. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's pretty much it. So we've got there. So there we go. Um, Washington Sundar is the most economical bowler currently in the IPL. And um, I'm just going to roll down, and I was like, nah, unfortunately, I was hoping that they might actually have um, the stats per field sort of thing, but um, no, they don't seem to have that. So we won't, we'll, the next um, slide or screen that we look at, website that we look at, might be able to just bring that back down. So these are the games that have sort of happened this week. Um, let's start off with, uh, what game was the highlight for you this week? Uh, the tie. I think it was, um, who was that? Uh, Deccan. Bangalore. Uh, Delhi Bang Capital versus Kings 11. Uh, 158 something. They tied on 158. No, no. The, the tie game the this week. week. That was last week. The last tie week, game yeah, yeah. this week was between Royal Challengers, Bangalore and the Mumbai Indians. Yes. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the that was tie, the tie, tie game. Two weeks. I, I, it's... <laughs> It's interesting that one because I think um, the the challengers nearly stuffed it up twice, basically. <laughs> because I, I felt in regulation twenty overs that they should have actually um, controlled that game better. They um, they they did have Mumbai Indians uh, under pressure, but then they seemed to release that pressure. And um, I'm just having a look, is in is in Dubai. Oh, that's so. Good. That's not so the small stadium, I'm guessing. That's not Sharjah, right? No, no, Dubai is a different one. So generally, like Sharjah would be probably your highest scoring. I mean, unless they have brought the boundaries in. But right. like in Dubai and Abu Dhabi, big scores came usually towards back end of the season. 
where right. I don't know if the pitches got better or I'm just talking about PSL. So um, 180, uh, 200 were hit at the back end of the season. And yep. start of the season, it was uh, 140, 150, 160. So 200 there is, is pretty good. Good effort. That's a pretty good score. And, and you sort of, you'd be scratching your head, wouldn't you? When you sort of think, geez, we've scored all these runs and um, they get chased down. That's a big ask to get 10 runs and over, isn't it? Yeah, cricket these days. So. <laughs> yeah, it's cricket these days. Um, the the other match, um, which was a high-scoring affair, was the Rajasthan Royals and the Kings eleven Punjab. Um, yeah, um, I, I actually, I was going to say, Rajasthan Royals won by four wickets, so they were batting second to win that game. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's uh, I, I don't know, I was sort of thought of, Massive um, sort of uh, effort to sort of to, to chase two twenty three runs. Again, that was in charger, so that's on the postage stamp. Um, but again, it's still pressure, isn't it? I mean, we can talk about how small the ground is, but you're still doing well to be able to chase down a total that's over two hundred. Yeah, I guess like you have to start well, and then like I, I guess like nowadays, most of the cricketers uh, at that level can hit the ball from, like, can, can actually go after it from ball one, especially yep. in some, somewhere like Sharjah where the ground is small, the pitch is better. Yep. So it was Agarwal scored 106 to 50 balls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's mind-boggling. <laughs> yeah, 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 when you look uh, at Nicholas Puran coming in, um, at the you know towards the end of the innings and twenty five of eight, so it's strike rate of three hundred and twelve just to finish the innings off. As if things weren't bad enough already, you just oh, <laughs> I'll just casually go at a strike rate of three hundred and twelve. <laughs> um, so yeah, sort of like in sort of two hundred twenty three. It's interesting. I mean, like, would you as a, a team? So your t- your total's just been chased down. You you two hundred twenty six they've scored. They chased down your total of two twenty three. You, do you look, look at it and go, hey, we only lost two wickets. Should we have been reassessing and going harder? Yeah, it's it's a tough one because, like, um, like you know, most of the games when you go on the pitch, like when you start the game, you kind of you have a sort of a target in mind. And mm-hmm. you, after five of us, you revise it. And then uh, because Agarwal was going so well, Kiel Rahul didn't have to push. Yep. You know? And and that's where you can see that, like, you know, 120 strike rate, 127 strike rate, on a normal day is a good strike rate, you know, for like a top order batsman. But um, like Sharjah, 200 is a par score, you know, <laughs> or, you know, so I guess like um, probably they underestimated it. But I mean, they finished mm. off well. So they, I don't, I think it's more um, a certain time where sort of, um, I think in the middle overs probably they kind of slowed down and then pushed it, pushed it towards the end. Yeah. But I mean, still 223, you would take it any day, you know. Absolutely, and that's the interesting thing. It's only a hindsight thing that you can do on that, isn't it? It's like you're going to sit down now and you go, okay, when we're playing at Sharjah, you can't have a slow end and a fast end. Both ends have to be going. Especially the amount of firepower they had. So, I mean, um, like Sefras Khan, he can hit a ball. Jimmy Nishim can hit Nishim. a ball. So they had actually, yep. they had they had the depth, you know. Um, yep. I mean, Maxwell only faced, what, nine balls, you know. So And Nicholas Puran face eight balls. eight balls so i guess like um yeah you're right they probably could have gone harder but again like you know if you're scoring 223 you probably you would be happy with it you know <laughs> oh yes absolutely 
as you say, it's a hindsight thing, and all you can do is like, okay, we know for next time. It's it's part of your um, information gathering for the next game and what you have to achieve. And then, then we sort of look at, um, I mean, like we look at the Royals. It's not like they got off to a great start. I mean, they lost um, Josh Butler early, who they would have been sort of thinking we need Josh Butler to be there to score some runs because we've got to chase two twenty three. Yeah. And so then, I'm Brace, obviously, yep, Samson and Smith, their partnership probably took it away. And um, I guess, like, again, like, they had the depth and they, they used their depth, you know. Um, whereas, uh, yeah, I guess, like, well, they, with Smith there for that long, that probably helped, you know, sort of Smith faced, what, 27 balls. Um, so that probably helped Sanjo Samson as well. And then yep. uh, towards the end, they kind of... So, I mean, it's a good chase. It's, like, with Steve Smith there, you probably expect that, you know, <laughs> that he kind of... Um, Manage it. He, well, the interesting thing is um, with uh, Rahul Tuwati, uh, Tuwati uh, and, um, I didn't watch the middle of the innings um, and I caught up with the end and it's just like, I, it's interesting because I, I heard it, uh, well, sort of the commentary um, and it was like he'd started to go basically, he'd, he'd started to hit the ball because in the middle of his innings, there was sort of the commentators were going, it was like, well, he he needs to do more than what he's doing. He's not doing enough. <laughs> and and at the end of the day, it was actually his innings that sort of um, managed it um, perfectly. And then with a bit of cameo from Jofra Archer, um, who interestingly enough came ahead of Tom Curran in the batting lineup. But uh, Jofra yeah, Archer did he not hit four sixes in the previous game as well? Yeah, he did. I think, he yeah, did. Yeah, What's yeah, going so on there? Like he's seeing it better, and then why not? Like you know, I mean, if he's seeing it better, then you know, put him up the order. Yeah. You do it. Something yeah, he's liking the water in uh, Sharjah, obviously, yeah. or in the UAE anyway. So that was the um, I, I would say for that was the match of the round, effectively for or for this week, I should say. Um, and uh, I suppose we, we'll just wait to see uh, how the um, how how the scores are developing this week. Will be a good good sign of uh, what we're going to expect going forward. Um, as I said, one game, one of those games was in Sharjah. The other one was actually in Dubai, Dubai with the scores yeah. over two hundred. Dubai is relatively low scoring ground as well, and yep. we'll see how sort of it shapes up. But it's it's interesting because one day you'll be playing at Sharjah, and next day you're playing at Abu Dhabi. You know, so yep. kind of your 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 targets in your mind kind of keep on changing. <laughs> I was just going to say, how do you like? I mean, you've got the three grounds. Um, you start to get an idea of how each game uh, ground is playing. How do you mentally prepare or approach the fact that oh, we're going from a 200 ground to a maybe a, a 150 ground? And, and and what are you thinking? Or do you sort of ride that momentum and say, hey, look, yeah, it's a 150 ground, but we're just going to carry on playing our game and, and, and see where it takes us? Yeah, I guess like uh, I'm, I'm sure like each team has like a couple of analysts, a batting coach, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I mean, all that's that sort of stuff. So I guess like when they sort of, um, they plan for the game. They obviously have some sort of targets in mind. But uh, from my memory, like, you know, obviously after five hours, they probably uh, can reevaluate it. Like, you know, maybe like because back end of the season, Abu Dhabi will probably get a better, will be a lot. Um, from my memory, the ball was coming better at the back end of the season than start of the season. So Abu Dhabi probably is a slow pace now and probably picks up towards the end. Whereas uh, Dubai is the similar. I, I don't know if Sharjah is small ground. But it would probably start if the back end of the IPL. It will turn more, 
So small ground, yes, yeah. But I mean, if it is turning, then you've got your sort of spinners back in action. And it will, it will. I mean, you might not get sharp turn, but there will be some turn at some stage in this tournament, won't there? As the yeah, pitches I mean, dry out um, and get worn. Look, I mean, Pakistan in the Test cricket won heaps of series there. I think for three years they didn't lose a series or something, just based on their spinners. You know, uh, it's just like because it's a T20 game. Uh, obviously, the pitches are used for a certain small amount of time, but uh, with the weather there and everything, um, back end of the season things would be different. Yep, it has to be. <laughs> it should and turn. It should turn at Charger at least. Yep. Uh, back end of the season, it, it actually should turn a lot more than um, what we expect in T20s. And as Aaron says, it was good to see Kane actually get on the field finally and um, and, and actually have an impact and score some runs there too. So yeah, uh, and quick quick yeah. runs as well. <laughs> quick quick runs, yeah. Look, I, 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 this is just, this is really bad of me, and I have put my hand up. It's just like. I, I always, I don't, I mean, when I say Kane Williamson T20, don't equate for me. But, you know, he actually does very well. The number of times he's actually had strike rates that are close to 200 um, because of the way that he manipulates the ball around the field. He might not be hitting the sixes um, and the like, but to get a strike rate of 200, you can hit knock twos around all the time, yeah, the couldn't, couldn't is, you? With, is with, you don't Kane, have to hit boundaries. With Kane, the thing is he plays less dot balls. And that's the key in T20s. Like, if you play less dot balls, you're always going to have a strike at around 140. And right. if you can hit a few boundaries in between, because, like, um, there are a lot of tools on offer. And yep. then uh, in between, you can, you know, but as long as you don't play too many dot balls, and I dot think balls. with Kane, how he plays, he will just, you know, drop and run and take a single, or, like, you know, he won't play that many dot balls. And I think that probably reflects his, his um, strike rate in T20s as well. Yeah, and and you have to say that you know Kane Williamson's a lot safer for the crowd than uh, say Joffre Archer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, it has to start. It's like they need to fill the whole stadium with cardboard cutouts so that as the sixes go and they see them knocking them down, like guess who? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the IPL, and we'll have a look at um, next Thursday how it's progressed along. We'll look at um, again what we feel like the what what the match of the ra- or week has been for us um, and uh, see who's at the top of the batting table, the wicket keeping table and who's maintaining their economy when they're bowling as well. So we'll look at that next week when we do another um, review of the IPL. Now moving along and we've got, as I said, announced the NZC has finally been able to announce the schedule. They've been through many iterations as they've tried to um, work out in our COVID environment when they can play, who they can play, etc. Then they had to go through the process of giving the government to approve um, the schedule, when the teams can come in, how that's going to be managed, etc. Obviously, we'll have the old version of biosecure bubbles um, for the teams to come in and um, prepare themselves. So that's finally been announced, and um, we'll bring that up now. And there we go there. So we start off, that's probably going to be a bit small, so I'll just try and uh, blow that up a little bit, as much as I can. Whoops, too much. There we go. Hopefully that's legible. And um, we start on the 27th of November. Um, actually not that far away, to be honest, um, against the West Indies at Eden Park. So um, got to say, looking forward to that, aren't we? We have some New Ze- uh, cricket in New Zealand. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, uh, hopefully by then we are in level one and we can go and watch it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I think we're all going to be going a bit feral if we haven't got to level one by then, wouldn't we? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, but good, good to have, like, especially West Indies uh, having so many dynamic players in for T20s. It would be good to have them here and um, it would be interesting series as well. Because with absolutely. them, like, they're hot or cold. You know? hot, so yeah, hopefully, you know, uh, we get... Well, the, um, it's funny, to being a selfish um, sort of Black Caps fan, I, I'm sort of like hoping the weather's sort of got a southerly blast coming in or something like that. Because <laughs> <laughs> they don't really like the cold when they want, and it's hard to bowl and bat when you've got three juicies on. Yeah, very cool. <laughs> <laughs> now, the interesting thing early looking at that schedule <clears throat> is, um, it, it, so that after Eden Park is Bay Oval on the Sunday, um, so there's no game on a Saturday, always confusing when they don't have a game on a Saturday. But anyway, no game on a um, Saturday. Go to the Sunday. And then there's a game on a Monday. So Monday night, now we've got to remember there's no holiday. We're going to be asking people to come out on a Monday night after two games, um, one after the other in Bay Oval. That's an interesting call. Well, is, are you sure there might be some local holiday there? I don't know. I mean, like, you know, I don't know, Taranga Day or something. I don't know. I'll go onto this screen and saying... Um, Tauranga holiday. I'm just making it up, but I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just checking. No, no, I'm, it I'm doesn't just make checking. sense. Doesn't, doesn't make, make sense, sense does it? It, no. it doesn't make sense at all. It was like you would have been better off actually. I mean, it, it'll, it'll, it sort of makes what I'm, I've just said a bit crazy. But you would have been better off playing the Eden Park game on the Thursday and then yes. having games on Saturday and Sunday. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah. We're in similar type scenario, and um, yeah, but um, I suppose part of that Friday night could also be, you know, I don't know because I don't know exactly when the teams arrive back in the country, but that could be part of the um, quarantining process as well of when the IPL finishes and when they get into New Zealand and the two weeks quarantine's over. Maybe that's part of it so that they yeah. couldn't start it. Yeah, but otherwise, that's crazy scheduling to my mind. <laughs> So we have the um, three T20s against uh, West Indies, and we go on to test matches in Seddon Park and Basin Reserve. And um, we love our test cricket, don't we? So look forward to that even more than T20, don't we? And um, the last few years, I mean, there hasn't. I mean, I think in the last couple of years there hasn't always been a result at Seddon Park, but um, it's still just it's great watching cricket at that ground. I, I think it's it is actually a good cricket ground. I mean, they like it's the basin. A, yeah, I mean, it's like a proper cricket ground. <laughs> <laughs> like hey, don't take pot shots ground. at my Eden Park, okay? <laughs> <laughs> no, but just that's, that's like a like a purposely made, built uh, cricket ground. Yeah. So. <clears throat> yeah, with embankments for people to sit on the embankment, sort of, and it just adds to the whole atmosphere of it. Yeah, it's good that they're not like sending because I know like in past they've been sending like uh, Pakistan or India first game in like Dunedin, like University Oval, you know, <laughs> they're just wearing three or four jumpers <laughs> <laughs> and they never recover from it when they come up. So. That's the that's the plan. That's the idea. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, we'll face the West Indies in two tests. The second one in Basin Reserve in Wellington, which the Wellington City Council told the whole world about about a week ago. <laughs> <laughs> so after the West Indies men we get Pakistan coming along and they've got to start off kick off with uh, T20s uh, three T20s 
again, starting off with Eden Park, a um, little bit more logical again this time. So the Friday night, Sunday night at Seddon Park, and then a Tuesday night at McLean Park, um, leading into the Christmas break. So people would have started going on leave as well. So, and you'll be making your way down, following the t- team around? Oh, I'm not too sure with the kids and everything, but I'll definitely try to go for, to the Eden Park game. Yep. So, and then sort of following the 3 2 20 games against Pakistan, we go to two test matches. Oh, sorry. Yeah, two test matches against um, uh, Pakistan at Bay Oval and Hagley Oval. Again, it's great that they're sort of like assigning these test matches to um, cricket grounds, as you you know, yeah. to purpose book cricket grounds. It just just for test matches in particular, it just adds something to it, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, after Pakistan, and we then move into we have a bit of a gap, obviously. So with um, West Indies and Pakistan, it's sort of pretty much um, happening pretty quickly. I'm just having a look. Uh, West Indies I think finish. That's yep. when the Super Smash is, is most of the games of Super Smash will be played. played in January. Yeah, so they kind that's of, right. Like, I think Super Smash in, uh, finishes in mid February or something. So I think that's probably to do with it. And that's great because that means that we've actually got our stars. Like we, we talked about the um, World Cup, the T20 World Cup or ODI World Cup. You want to see the stars coming out. And it's the same for the domestic competition, isn't it? It's great to have your international players. Yeah. involved to add to the uh, game sadly i mean like it's almost like well should we hand the trophy to northern now then <laughs> 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 they're gonna some pretty might, might surprise you oh you know auckland i think auckland's um well, when you actually look at it um obviously northern's gonna be just full of black caps but auckland's still strong wellington's gonna have a strong side as well um, as well, you know, they've they've picked up a few players as well in the off season for want of a term. So yeah. um, there will be a bit of competition from Northern, but it's hard to go past them when you've got a Black Caps lineup in it, and and yeah, power hitting Black the, Caps lineup. Like Tim and and Bolt, like opening the bowling. So they've got like you know two new ball bowlers, yeah. uh, Black Caps new ball bowlers, and then um, yeah, I guess like um, Wellington, like you know, do have the depth as well. So it would be interesting how it it. it as long as everyone is fit and available, I think Auckland would 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 be a good bet as well. Okay. With Guptill playing and then Munro playing and then yep. um, got your Chapman and then bowling wise you've got Lockie Ferguson. So I guess like um, because it's like 120 balls, 20 overs, no one is playing more than 20 overs, right? <laughs> so um, it will be it will be this this would be a better comp than last year, put it that way, because everyone is available. Everyone's available. So once the old Super Smash is over, and um, we'll be heading into five internationals with Australia, T uh, Twenty internationals with Australia. So we're starting off with Hagley Oval. Um, actually, doesn't stay here, but I, I, it's a T Twenty. So I'm assuming it'll be under the new lights there. So that'll be exciting um, to play the game at light under lights at Hagley Oval, University Oval. Now that definitely doesn't have lights. I'm pretty sure of that. Um, <laughs> Sky Stadium, Eden Park, and wrapping it up at the Bay Oval. Now, as I alluded to earlier in the show, this is an interesting one because Australia are here for five T20s while Australia are in South Africa for test matches. <laughs> I guess they have. Uh, England has done the same, haven't they? Like, when they, They've done that recently. Yep, just the yeah, summer. Recently. Yeah, so I guess like that's probably the way to move forward, you know? Um, well, I mean, like, you're just sort of thinking, globally speaking, Australia is probably one of the best positioned teams to, to do this. And one of the things I read, I don't know if it's true or whether it's just a throwaway line, particularly for coming out of Australia, 
is that they're basically doing this to help out um, countries in terms of getting games happening um, so that obviously with the COVID environment to, to get money rolling in the gate, so to speak, you know, punters rolling in the gate, money happening, broadcast rights, etc. So um, they're in a position, they're, uh, um, you know, they've got the player depth to be able to doing it, to do it. So they're looking to share the love around and spread their team around. Yeah, I guess so, at least they've got like five or six T20 specialists who won't play Test match anyways. No, that's so right. They're Absolutely. missing out. They're probably missing out Warner, and Warner Smith. and Cummins, um, Stark. But then in saying that, I mean, like their bowling stocks are massive, aren't they? So uh, yeah, I mean, they, they won't be as strong. Obviously, full strength would be stronger, but um, they would still have like uh, their T20 specialists, and they're just missing out like five guys who play both formats. Yeah. Know, so. Yes, that's right. So um, we look forward to Australia coming and uh, seeing those five T20s. And then to wrap the season up, we'll get Bangladesh because it's not a season. As I keep saying, it's not a season it's unless a Bangladesh season. comes to New Zealand. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll have Bangladesh playing their one-dayers, three one-dayers, um, University Oval, Hagley Oval and Basin Reserve. Um, that's interesting. So there'll be a one-day international at the Basin Reserve, uh, usually just test matches that are played there. Yep. Uh, and then they'll move into T20s, uh, three T20s to wrap up the season, McLean Park, Eden Park, and Seddon Park. Interesting one again for me. I, I would have thought it would have been better to just have those last two games around the other way, the finale of the season at Eden Park. Um, I know it's Bangladesh, but maybe do something special so they can sell the ground out, especially with, uh, um, you know, we've had a bit of a resurgence and people wanting to go to games with what we've seen with sport, you know, with COVID lockdown, people have been stuck at home and it's, it's great because, in one sense because it's seen this resurgence of people wanting to attend games. So on the off the back of that, it would have been good to just wrap up that season with sort of nearly 40,000 people um, sitting at Eden Park. Watching yeah, the final that, game of the summer. It's good that, like, at least they're at Sydney Park and some, not somewhere else because Bangladesh, like Pakistan or Bangladesh or like subcontinents, have a lot of, like, obviously following in Auckland, right? In Auckland. But people will still travel to Sydney Park. It's not yep. too far. But yep. of course, somewhere else probably, you know, wouldn't have been ideal. So yeah, I yeah, guess, yeah. like, uh, my friends, like, who live in Auckland would go to Hamilton game to yep. watch Pakistan play. So well, I guess, like, in that way, it's not too bad that they've at least played two two of their T20 games close to Auckland. Yep. I mean, if you're doing legit speed limits, you'd, it's an hour 20 now down to Hamilton. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Who does legit speed limits? Oh, anyway. <laughs> so that's, that is the um, season that is coming up uh, for New Zealand for the Black Caps. Um, I can't wait. Uh, looking forward to seeing that um, happen. And it's a lot of, there's five teams coming. Did I get that right? Four teams coming. West Indies, Pakistan, Australia, Bangladesh. Four teams. Four teams coming, yeah. Yeah, five teams playing. <laughs> I'll save myself. <laughs> but no, looking forward to that. And um, I think it's going to be rather exciting. Um, you know, the Black Caps have a great player depth themselves. And uh, I can see a bit of rotation happening to get the players. Actually, I was going to ask you this question. Do you think they'll play Wagner for Northern? Um, I doubt they In the T20s. In the T20s. I doubt yeah. they would because in past they haven't. They've he's played a few games in between, yep. but um, yeah, they've got enough depth in their bowling, anyways. Yep. I would I would be surprised if they do play him. So put it that way. Right. Yes. <laughs> 
cool. So look, um, that's that's sort of gone through most of our team. Then we sort of come to the um, last part of the show, and uh, as we do, we always do. We we've gone over a little bit, but um, we sort of we we can't sort of um, wrap up the show before we uh, talk about the passing of Dean Jones, which was really shock, uh, quite a shock. I mean, he's not old, and um, quite sad as well. And um, and and for me, someone that actually changed the way that um, one day cricket was played, especially in terms of batters, anyway. Yeah, I mean, he was he was like early nineties. He was a big name. I mean, I started watching cricket, and he was he was a very good fielder as a, as well. Like like for one day cricket, like big grounds in Australia, because back then like the ropes were right at the back, you know. Yeah, yeah, really. Grounds, and he was he was amazing fielder, um, good athlete as well. Like running between the wicket was amazing. So he kind yep. of like he changed the game. Like sort of he was the pioneer of because uh, you know you've got your Viv Riches who were who could hit a ball, but like Dane Jones would like take a run like while you're about to throw so you know he was like that sort of so he kind of changed it and like and moving on from there like things have moved on and now everyone runs faster like we've got better fielders but he was yeah the ultimate one day cricketer back in the day oh look i mean for me he's the first batsman that you know run a ball was his norm that's what he was trying to achieve is run a ball um And and that's it. And you, you allude to the fielding, you know, one for the arm. <laughs> you, you do it. You do it. Club cricket. You go one for the arm. International cricket is just like when you're taking one for the arm. And you got bowlers throwing the ball, and that, that's that's you know. And it's the way that he sped up that running between the all the stuff that you just said. Basically, it's just phenomenal. And and to me, that's that that all goes. What we see today with the way that the how hard the fielders run at the ball, how quick the players run between the wickets. You know, now it's like it's an accepted norm for all the batsmen to be yeah. targeting run a ball. Um, yeah. That's that's what you should be targeting. But yeah. when Dean Jones was playing, it's sort of like a strike rate of fifty. Yeah, was 60, you know, 50, you know yeah. sixty fifty. He, I think like, he, he averaged he averaged forty four as well. Um, yep, he he averaged quite high for like that era in terms of yeah. Well, well, here we go. We'll bring up the stats now. So um, just go here and click that button there. And there we go. Yeah. Um, and it was sort of One look day. at his record here. And it's just like we look at that, the ODIs, a 72 strike rate. For, um, and, and then when we tie that in with his average as well at, at 44, yeah. and he was very, definitely the pioneer of the, the high runs and the high strike rate. Yeah, it was it was shame. He he, I think he he was left out in '96 World Cup, and when Australia did come back, he scored a hundred against Australia for the rest of the world. <laughs> <laughs> Bitter much. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but I mean, I was big fan. My older brother, um, he was big fan of him, and he had his posters and everything in the rooms. And coincidentally, unfortunately, Dean Jones died on my brother's birthday. So oh. uh, it was a pretty sad day for him. Yeah, and pretty us. sad day. For, yeah, yeah. It, it's it's always interesting when um, one of your heroes passes away. It's just like, it's it's weird. It's someone that you've sort of, you know, um, I wouldn't say lo- not necessarily looked up to when, when you're sort of starting to near your, when you're in your 40s, you're not really looking up to them. But um, you're still one of your boyhood idols sort of thing, isn't it? And it's a, yeah, and, it's a weird, and, and weird Pakistan, feeling. Especially in Pakistan, he's he's massive because he, he was he was coaching one of the PSL franchises and he's got good relationship with all the young players. And, like, you know, I'm, I've got a few friends who were playing in PSL and under him. And um, overall, I think his um, overall persona in Pakistan is huge. 
And yep. um, there's a shockwave in Pakistan, like, uh, obviously, with this news. It's, I mean, it's like what Aaron's saying. It's just like, for me, when it's just like, I remember Dean Jones. Like, I hated Dean Jones. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I was quite the opposite to your brother. It's just like, oh, he was such an, he was an annoying Australian. And it just always used to take the games away. You know, the number of times that New Zealand, um, when, you know, obviously this is the eras of the Hadleys and Crows playing as well. And it's like, geez, we were in a good position here. Um, and we've got a couple of early wickets, and then Dean Jones comes in and just actually takes the game away from you. And it's just like, ah, it's just frustrating. And you just grow up sort of, um, you know, as I say, you hated them for the way that they just used to be so good. You hated them because yeah. they were good, not, not, not because they were bad. So, uh, yeah, and then, but, um, and, then, and then you find out, oh, these guys are really nice guys, actually. <laughs> but, no, we look at, his, uh, look at his record here. Um, test matches... Yeah, I mean, you look at that, 46.55. That's world-class um, average uh, by anybody's he, record. He got, my, my brother always says that he got hard done by Cricket Australia because, I mean, he got dropped, um, I think, at 30, 31, 32 right. maybe. And the batsmen, yep. you know, like most of the batsmen actually score, their sort of better life is between 30 and 35, you know? Yep. So he kind yep. of didn't play much international cricket around that time, so which is a shame. <laughs> No, that's it. You're right. I mean, like, in, in, I mean, I suppose being someone that's older, you can understand how you sort of get to that thirty over thirty, thirty, and the thirty to thirty-five. You get a bit of headspace. You're not so yes. rash. You make better decisions. Yeah, baseball, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's just like a, a, yeah. So basically, so we had forty-six point five five test average. Nearly the, the the ODI average is nearly as high. Um, I mean, back in the day, a good average for an ODI player was thirty-five. Yes. Yeah, yeah, and, so. and, yeah, and it's just like he was, was a forty-four. So um, you know, it's it's sad, obviously, as passing. Um, and it's sort of reading some of the stories coming out um, about him. Rather quite funny. I mean, I went with this morning sports briefing. I, I had a Shane Warne story that he brought up, and it's like you know, as Shane Warne's test debut, and um, he got his first ticket, uh, first wicket, and uh, Dean Jones comes into the huddle and. Gives them a pat on the back. Oh, well done, champ. You got your first wicket. That's awesome sort of thing. And then, like, um, you know, a few matches later or however long it was, it's like Shane Warne gets a second wicket and they all come into the huddle and pats on the back. Well done, champ. Now you've got an average of 435 runs per wicket. <laughs> <laughs> so he didn't just sledge the opposition. He sledged his own players as well. Yeah, and Victorian as well. <laughs> Both are Victorian as well. So I guess. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> He's a Victorian. <laughs> well, sad. I mean, I mean, I, I think. I mean, it's sad that he's gone, but it's it's great to sort of um, talk about the happy memories uh, of such a great player. And um, I think it's a, a good place to sort of um, leave it in terms of uh, you know the the history that Dean Jones has left us and uh, what he has done for our game. So uh, thank you to Dean Jones for what he's done. And thank you to you, Tez, for coming on the show tonight and um, appreciate you coming on. And just remember that he's got a sale going on till Sunday. So if you need your cricketing gear, get onto the Tez Cricket website and um, get your bats and your coloured pads <laughs> as well. Actually, question. It's pretty much un you just got adult gear. You're starting to get some youth gear now. But uh, that, that's we, sort we of older youth, youth gear as well. You do youth gear? Yeah, we do youth gear yep. and adults, yeah. And what, what age does the youth gear start from? Or right down to um, the little nipples? Players, so 10-year-olds, 10-year-olds yep. upwards, yeah. Sure, okay. 
So there you go. There you go. If you need some cricket gear, the cricket gear, the season is just about to begin. We are going to have a cricket season in New Zealand. So make sure you get onto the website and start buying some of that gear. And thank you guys all for tuning in tonight. Um, really appreciate you guys being on the show and listening to what we have to say. Make sure you go ahead and hit, hit that share button to share it with all your friends on Facebook uh, or on YouTube or wherever you're watching us from or through your podcast thingy. And um, just remember, every morning, New Zealand Sport Radio brings you the morning sports briefing at 7 o'clock every morning, even now, where we have to wake up an hour earlier. And on Monday nights, we've got the Driving Mall Show for all your rugby news. Hopefully, we're going to swap with them about uh, with the cricket show, but that just has to be confirmed yet. Tuesday nights, we've got the basketball. So if you're wondering what's happening in the NBA finals, make sure you tune in there, and Daniel will get on and tell you. We've got um, Wednesday night, we've got the league. Now, that's coming up to the finals, so make sure you're tuning in to Brad and Sanjay to see what's happening with the finals and the final series with the NRL. Um, Thursday night, the best night of the week, we're going to swinging from the hip at 8 p.m. every Thursday night. And then Friday, the review shows and, uh, sorry, preview shows for the rugby coming up on the weekend. Sunday night following that is the preview show. All that happening on New Zealand Sport Radio the best place to get your sporting news. And this has been Swinging from the Hip for your weekly cricketing fix. And we'll see you next Thursday at 8 p.m. Thank you. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 